My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in my backyard in Moscow, Russia, in front of a big fire. When I look at this fire, I think about the fire of God that burns in my heart and the fire of God that needs to burn in your heart. The scripture teaches us that when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit brings fire. In fact, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. And if we're going to burn for God now and keep burning for God for years and years to come, we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our life because the Holy Spirit adds the fuel we need to keep us burning for a long time. And today I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit as a fuel you need to keep burning. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Thank you for joining me for today's program. We have had such a good time this week in the Word of God as we've been looking at the fuels we have to add to our hearts if we want to stay on fire for the Lord. If you want to be an inferno for Jesus, then you have to be very intentional and make sure you're adding fuels to your fire that will sustain your fire and it will cause you to burn more brightly the longer you walk with Jesus. The Bible says God's intention is for you and for me to be a flame of fire. The Bible really says that. Are you a flame of fire? Can you say that about yourself? Would God say that about you? Well, if you find that your fire is on a low ebb, you can do something intentional to change it. You can add spiritual fuels to your fire that will make you come alive again. And that's what I'm going to be talking to you about today. But I'm offering you my series called A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. These are just packed. I mean packed with information, with revelation, with teaching about the fuels you need to stay on fire. It's 10 parts. It comes in multiple formats. You can go online to order it right now or call us. And we're also offering you my book that I really want you to get. Please get this book. I want you to have this book. I'm not trying to sell a book. I'm trying to get you something that's going to make a difference in your life. And if you're ready to burn again, if you're ready to be an inferno for Jesus, maybe so you know in the early years I really burned. Well, you can burn again. You can. You just need to know what fuels you need and how to add them to your fire. And this book deals very specifically and practically about the 10 fuels you need and how to open the door to your heart so you can inject those fuels into your spirit and you can once again become a blazing fire for Jesus Christ. Amen. And for those who become partners with our ministry, we'll always send them a wonderful package of books as our way of saying thank you for becoming a partner. You know, being a partner with someone that's reaching someone else is so very important. And it's really wonderful because right from the privacy of your home, you can reach people in another part of the world that are really crying out for somebody to bring them the teaching of the Bible. If you're already a partner, thank you so much. I truly mean it when I tell you you're making a difference in someone else's life. Not just there where you are, where you're seeing this broadcast, but all over the world there are people who are saying, God, I want to know the Bible. Lord, I wish there was someone who's teaching I knew that I could trust. And they're tuning into us and they're discovering the power of God's Word. I can do my part, but I need partners to help us pay for this so we can take this living Word to those people that are crying out for it. And when you become a partner, 
you help us do that. And partners, thank you for helping us do that. And if you need prayer, please remember we're always here for you. It's one of our greatest privileges when the phone rings or we look in our inbox and there's an email from you and we're finding out how we can put our faith together with you. That's part of our partnership with you. And if you're not a partner but you need prayer, call us anyway. We want to pray for you. We believe it's part of our God-assigned task. But today I'm going to talk to you about adding more fuel to your spiritual fire. And as I told you in the stand-up to today's program, today we're going to talk about adding the fuel of the Holy Spirit to your spiritual flame. So far we've seen that you need to add the fuel of God's Word to your spiritual fire. Then we saw you need to add the fuel of prayer to your spiritual fire. And today we're going to look at the role of the Holy Spirit to cause you to become raging with the fire of God. Wow! The Holy Spirit doesn't just bring fire. The scriptures teach us the Holy Spirit is fire. The first time he shows up in the book of Acts, he shows up with flames of fire. That's because the Holy Spirit is fire. And if you want to burn for God, then you've got to have the active role of the Holy Spirit working in your life because he really brings spiritual fire to your life. But today we're going to use our Bible. We're going to go all over the Bible. So join me as we begin our study about the role of the Holy Spirit to bring spiritual fire to your life. But let's begin in our anchor verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, where Paul said to Timothy, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And we've seen that this words, stir up, is a triple compound word in Greek. It is the Greek word anazupereo. It's a compound of three words. The word ana means to do something again. The word zao describes something that's alive or lively. And the word pur is the word for fire. When you compound the three words together, it means do whatever you have to do to put life back into your fire again. Paul was speaking to Timothy, whose fire was beginning to burn low. He was dealing with a lot of problems, a lot of distractions, and it was affecting his spiritual fire. So Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, there's something you can do about this. Notice he didn't ask for somebody to lay hands on Timothy or for him to go to anybody else for help. He told Timothy there was something he could do. He could put the poker in his own heart. He could add the right fuels to his own flame, and he could stir it back up again. He could bring life back to his fire again. And that's what you can do if you'll add the right fuel to your spiritual fire. And today we're going to talk about the fuel of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fire. Listen to what Andrew Murray said. Men ought to seek with their whole hearts to be filled with the Spirit of God. Without being filled with the Spirit, it is utterly impossible that an individual Christian or church can ever live or work as God desires. Wow. Well, the early church understood that. They understood their total dependence upon the Holy Spirit and the fire that he brought to them. And because they depended upon the Holy Spirit, they healed the sick, they cast out demons, they raised the dead, and they preached to the ends of the earth. And as a result... Darkness was driven back, and the early church was literally ablaze with the power of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, a lot of the church today operates without much supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit. This is why A.W. Tozer made this amazing statement. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. 
If the Holy Spirit hath been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Oh, I got to read that again. Listen to this. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. But if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would have known the difference. Wow. Some churches today doctrinally believe in the supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit, but they don't see much of it in their church because they don't make room for it. Other churches believe the supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit ended with the age of the apostles. I grew up in a church like that. We believed in the work of the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin and to bring a sinner to salvation. But we really didn't believe in the supernatural power of God or the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, I cannot personally remember ever growing up, ever hearing about the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. We believed the Bible and we were very sincere, but we really didn't understand the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Donald G., a great theologian, said, doctrines about the Spirit are necessary and inevitable. But the all-important question is not what we mentally believe, but what we experientially enjoy. It's important to know what we believe, but we need to experience the power of God. D.L. Moody said this amazing statement. The fact is, we are all leaky vessels, and we have to keep right under the fountain all the time to keep full of Christ, and so have fresh supply. Then he added, I believe this is a mistake a great many of us are making. We're trying to do God's work with the grace God gave us 10 years ago. We say, if it is necessary, we'll go on with the same grace. Now, what we want is a fresh supply, a fresh anointing and fresh power. And if we seek it and seek it with all of our hearts, we will obtain it. My friend, God wants to give you a fresh supply. You don't have to operate on your supply that you received a long, long time ago. If you'll seek it today with all of your heart, God will give you a fresh supply. You will have it. Now, when you look at all of the Bible, you find there's a pattern about how the Holy Spirit moves, and it begins in Genesis chapter 1. So let's go there. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 2 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now listen to this, because this is the first mention of the Holy Spirit in Scripture, and the first mention of something always sets a precedent, it sets a pattern. Listen to this. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. In this verse, the first time the Holy Spirit is ever seen in Scripture, we see the Holy Spirit is moving. And in fact, when you study the whole of Scripture, you find that when the Holy Spirit appears, He's always moving. And when He moves, something always happens. In this particular verse, in this first mention of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is moving, and when He moves, creative and divine power is released. He brings order to chaos, and we find from the very outset of Scripture that the Holy Spirit is the creative power of God. And when the Holy Spirit moves something always miraculously happens. The entire Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is not silent, He is not motionless, but He always moves, and when He moves, He speaks, He empowers, He releases power, and people and circumstances are changed. The Holy Spirit is always in movement, and when the Holy Spirit moves, activity takes place. We also see this in the life of Jesus. In fact, 
from Jesus' very conception. The Bible tells us the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said to Mary, you're going to become pregnant supernaturally. And Mary said in Luke 1.34, how shall this be seen? I know not a man. She didn't say, oh, this can't be. She just asked a very logical question. How is it going to happen? How shall this be? And Gabriel answered her in Luke 1.35. And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Ghost, there he is. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you or the Holy Spirit's going to move on you. And the power of the highest, power is going to be released, shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. In this verse, we find the Holy Spirit was going to move. The Holy Spirit's always in movement. He was going to move on Mary. And when he moved, power was going to be released. And she would supernaturally conceive Jesus in her womb. Or... How about when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan? We read about it in Matthew 3.16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. Or we find the Holy Spirit moved on Jesus. And because the Holy Spirit moved, Jesus was supernaturally empowered to begin three years of supernatural ministry. When the Holy Spirit moves, something always happens. But when we come to the book of Acts, which is a pattern book, the book of Acts is not just a history book. Yes, it's a history book, but it was intended to be a pattern book. It sets a precedent. It sets a pattern for the church for all of the ages. And we find in the book of Acts that when the Holy Spirit is allowed to move, something happens. He acts. We also find that if there is no moving of the Holy Spirit, then there's very little supernatural activity. The Bible shows us the Holy Spirit is all about moving and acting. The Holy Spirit is about action. And when the Holy Spirit's power is released, it unleashes phenomenal amounts of power. This is so foundational to the work of the Holy Spirit that I would personally challenge you to find a single place in the entire Bible where nothing happens when the Holy Spirit moves. You'll find that when the Spirit moves, something always happens. The Holy Spirit is about moving and acting. That's why the book of Acts is called the book of Acts, because the Spirit moves and action takes place. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus said to the disciples, but you will receive power after that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. In that verse, Jesus was prophesying a move of the Holy Spirit upon them. And he said, when the move of the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, which is the Greek word dunamis. The word dunamis describes explosive power. It is the very word which was used to describe the full might of an advancing army. So Jesus was prophesying when the Spirit moves on you, power is going to be released in you. The full force of God will march through you to advance upon the world when the Spirit moves upon you. Wow. It isn't a quiet, reserved, motionless power. It is a real explosive power. And we see the result of that was in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, on the day of Pentecost. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit moved into that upper room. And when the Spirit moved, something happened. Their hearts were set ablaze and fire literally appeared in that upper room. When the Holy Spirit moves, His power is released. Wow!
This is amazing. They felt his presence. They saw fire. They were empowered. You know, by the standards in most modern churches, we would say that what happened on the day of Pentecost was pretty rowdy. You see, most people think the Holy Spirit is always silent and gentle. But when you study the book of Acts, you really find that is not the case. When the Spirit moves, things happen. It can get pretty rowdy when the Holy Spirit moves. Jack Hayford made this amazing statement. When the Spirit comes, he's loaded with packages. He desires to release much more in us and through us than we could ever imagine. But let's go on. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 43, where miracles abounded when the Spirit moved. Again, we see the precedent. The Spirit moves and things happen. Or how about Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John are going to prayer and the Spirit moves, and as a result of the Spirit moving, a man is healed. Or how about Acts chapter 4, verses 24 to 31, when believers are gathered together for prayer, they're calling out to God, and the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit moved in that prayer meeting, and when the Spirit moved, something happened. The building was shaken where they were meeting. Or how about Acts chapter 5, 14 to 16, when we find the Spirit was moving and as a result of the Spirit moving, miracles began to occur. Or how about Acts 6, verse 8, when the Bible says Stephen was preaching the Word of God, and when he preached the Word of God, what happened? The Spirit moved. And when the Spirit moved, the miraculous began to take place. Or how about Acts 10, 44 to 45, when Peter went to the household of Cornelius to preach, and the Spirit moved. And when the Spirit moved, they were gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke with other tongues. Or how about Acts 11, 28 to 30, when a prophet by the name of Agabus was moved, moved by the Spirit. And when he was moved by the Spirit, he began to prophesy about a coming famine. And the believers were so moved by the prophetic word, they took up an offering which prepared everyone for the famine. You see, when the Spirit moves, something happens. Or how about Acts 13, 2, where elders were meeting together for a time of prayer and the spirit of prophecy began to operate. The spirit moved. And when the spirit moved, prophetic words came forth. How about Acts 14, 10, when Paul went to preach and the Bible says there was a crippled man and the spirit moved. When the spirit moved, wow, the crippled man was healed. Or how about Acts 19, 6, Paul came to Ephesus met a group of disciples that he led to Christ, and then the Spirit moved. And when the Spirit moved, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Or how about Acts 19, 11 through 12, where the Bible says, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. In Ephesus, the Holy Ghost moved, and when the Holy Ghost moved, amazing miracles, special miracles began to take place. This is amazing. Wherever or whenever the Holy Spirit is allowed to move, supernatural acts take place. This was not an exception from the beginning all the way to the end of the book of Acts. It is the rule, it is the precedent. When the Spirit moves, divine activity follows. Wow. Hudson Taylor made this statement. We've given too much attention to methods and to machinery and to resources and too little to the source of power the infilling of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing wrong with methods. There's nothing wrong with machinery. There's nothing wrong with resources. We need all of it, but all of it is to no available if we do not have the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. 
We have to be open to the moving of the Spirit. This is a fuel which we have to add to our spiritual fire. If there's no moving of the Spirit inside us, there's an element of divine fire that we will never know. So we have to look inside, open the door to our hearts, and say, hey, is there movement of the Spirit in my life? If not, then I need to make room for it. I need to add that fuel to my fire because that is something that will cause me to burn like an inferno for Jesus. From the beginning of Acts to the book of Acts, from the beginning of the entire Bible, in Genesis chapter 1 all the way to the end of the Bible, we find this movement of the Spirit. It's undeniable. It is just undeniable. The Holy Spirit's not quiet. He's not motionless. When the Holy Spirit shows up, from the very first time he's ever mentioned in the Bible, he is in movement. And when the Spirit moves, actions take place. That's why the book of Acts is called the book of Acts. Some people say it should be called the Acts of the Apostle. No, no, no. It is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved and things took place. If you want fire in your personal life, then you have to add this fuel to your spiritual flame. When you add to your flame the work of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to move, it will cause you to rage with spiritual power. That is what we see in the book of Acts, which is not a history book. It is the pattern book to tell you and me what we should have in our life. So add the fuel of the Holy Spirit to your personal fire. I'm out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. Is the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart as it burned earlier in your life? How do you stoke the embers of fire so that they begin to burn red hot in your heart again? How do you sustain that fire for the rest of your life? In the 10-part series, A Life Ablaze, Rick Renner will show you the fuels you need to stay spiritually ablaze and how to use them to stir your spiritual fire. In this 10-part series, you'll learn what is the real condition of your spiritual fire right now, what to do if your spiritual embers are about to go out, how to stoke the coals to get them burning again, what fuels you need to inject into your spiritual fire. Available in digital or physical format, starting at just $20, you'll learn how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to live an intimate, uncompromising life and stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. You can do it, but you need to know how, and that is what you'll discover in this timely book. Don't delay ordering your copy today because it will help you throw the right fuels into your fire to get you burning again. Order your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, this series, A Life Ablaze, and the companion book, A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. When Denise and I began our ministry many decades ago, the Holy Spirit gave us Romans 10, 18, which says, Yea, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. And in all of these decades, we've been doing our best to obey this mandate from heaven. And today, miraculously, we are reaching people clear to the very end of the earth. We're reaching people in the Russian-speaking world and millions of them. We're reaching people in the English-speaking 
Greek-speaking world, and large numbers of people are now reaching out to us for prayer, support, and resources. As a result of all of this growth, we need a new ministry home in Tulsa, and we need to construct a new TV studio in Moscow where we can prepare teaching that will change people's lives. In Tulsa, we have no more room to grow, yet we're growing exponentially all day. Every day, our pastoral partner care department is ministering to people from around the planet who are reaching out to us for prayer and support. Oh, how I wish you could be there to hear the calls and see how people's lives are literally being changed. And in Moscow, we are bursting at the seams as Russian speakers from around the world are reaching out to us for prayer and for support. We're producing up to seven daily TV programs and we desperately need a larger studio to produce Bible teaching that people can trust that will change their lives. In both locations, in Tulsa and in Moscow combined, we need 50,000 square feet of new space so we can minister to the precious people God is bringing to us and with the land, architectural plans, all furnishings, TV equipment, everything we need, the entire ministry expansion project comes to $120 a square foot. And friend, it's not about buildings, it's about having the space we need so we can effectively minister to the needs of people. We're told in Matthew 28, verse 19, go into all the world and teach all nations. That's what we're doing, but we need your help so we can do it more effectively. We need a new ministry home in Tulsa, and we need a new studio in Moscow where we can prepare teaching that people can trust. And I'm asking you today to ask the Holy Spirit if he wants you to be a part of the giving team to help us accomplish this expansion project. Ask him today, Holy Spirit, would you want me to be a part of this and do whatever he tells you to do as together we fulfill the great commission of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. talking about spiritual fire. God wants you to burn with spiritual fire. In fact, the Bible says God's intention is for you to be a flame of fire. Is that you? Can you say that you are a flame of fire or could you burn a little bit more than you're currently burning? If you need to burn more then you have to have the right fuels to cause you to become raging with the Spirit of God. And you can if you'll add the right fuels to your fire. We've already seen that you have to have the Word of God, you have to have prayer. Today we've seen you've got to add the fuel of the Holy Spirit to your fire for you to really burn like an inferno. And you can add that fuel to your fire. It would help you if you got my series called A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. And order my brand new book, please order it. I want you to have this book called a Life Ablaze, 488 pages. Let me tell you, it is well worth the money. You can feed on this and feed on this and feed on this. It will help you burn for the Lord. And again, for those who become partners, we always send you a package of books as our way of saying thank you for becoming a partner with our ministry. To thank you for being with me today, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. Lord, don't let it just be theory or doctrine. Help us to experientially enjoy the moving of the Holy Spirit in our life. And Holy Spirit, we ask that when you move, we will see your divine activity. We thank you for this. We ask you to burn in our hearts, 
cause us to burn like an inferno now and for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Let the word of God work in your life today. And I'll see you in the next program.